Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, joining us in the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest slide truly steps beyond convenience. You know, our pal Israel Gutierrez, he, he used to be a guy who gets scoops. He used to be like an actual journalist. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't break stories. Can you break this story for us? Is Wojnarowski, is Adrian Wojnarowski the premier NBA guy? Is, is he going to be a, a, a colleague of yours at ESPN? Your, your thoughts? Um, this is the first I'm hearing of it. Oh, is that, is that right? You didn't hear about this? I mean, I'm not really one of those uh, reporters who checks in on other reporters. So, no, I had no idea that Woj was even close to signing with us, if that's the case. Yeah, Deadspin. Deadspin had it last night that apparently uh, this is a, a very th- a thing that is very close to happening. So, uh, where, uh, which other company do you think Windhorse, Windhorse will land when ESPN gets rid of him? <laughs> I, think, uh, I think we'll all stay put and form a Warriors-like super team dynasty. Oh, okay. Uh, very good. All right, we'll get to uh, we'll get to the Heat coming up in, in in a couple minutes here with you. Yo, Israel, were you watching the Knicks game live when the Oakley thing went down because it happened to be on ESPN? I was prepping for radio myself, and so I didn't have that game on. I actually had the Heat game on in the background. I wasn't really paying any attention uh, to anything on the television. And then as soon as I just saw a million angles um, on Twitter and on TV, and it was the craziest thing. I think the most embarrassing thing I think I've ever seen. For that franchise, which is saying a lot. Well, and, and so, so what? What aspect of it then was makes it for you the most embarrassing thing you've ever seen from that franchise? Well, just some of the look. First of all, the look on Oakley's face. Like obviously, Oakley's going to be Oakley. Like he's going to do what he pretty much did with his, you know, hit a guy on the side of the head with his finger and push another dude and all this stuff. But the fact that it was happening at all because he was talking to the owner who doesn't like him. Um, and the fact that it was Dolan, reportedly, who sent him off uh, by security. And then just kind of the, looks on, the look on his face when he was eventually, initially being escorted out and then being essentially dragged because he fell down and he's hanging on to the – like all that stuff is ridiculous. Like it's more embarrassing, obviously, than Jeff Van Gundy holding on to Alonzo Mourning's leg. Um, it's Charles Oakley, one of the – you know, one of the faces of the franchise for like a decade of the franchise being dragged out of the arena. Like that's, that's imagine Zoe being dragged out of uh, American Airlines arena by security. I mean, well, yeah, I made the point. I made the point where what if in, it's like if in 15, 20 years from now, if Udonis Haslam were dragged mm-hmm. out by security from the front row at American Airlines arena. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a better example. But, yeah, I mean, picture that. It's, it's, it's embarrassing as all get out. And they happen to be going through. Um, they happen to be, you know, team turmoil for the year uh, with uh, a supposed legend running their organization kind of into the ground. And, you know, the guy in the middle of it, Carmelo Anthony, is the only player that they can sort of uh, fans over there can sort of say, hey, at least we have Carmelo. And here he is being dragged to the mud and Charles Oakley almost literally being dragged to the mud. Well, we know the re- we know the relationship between Charles Oakley and Phil Jackson, how Phil Jackson loves Charles Oakley, but what about the other way around right now, especially what's been going on and not being invited back to that arena? 
I mean, that's all the Dolan thing. I mean, there was an article written in the New York Times uh, from last year about his terrible relationship with the owner and how he said the boss the boss doesn't like me. And so um, that's all that that's where that's all coming from. And frankly, even though Dolan has been sort of in the shadows and quiet this entire time, I mean, his contribution to this is allowing Phil to do so and paying him, you know, ten million dollars a year to do so. So he deserves a lot of criticism too. So it just so happens that he's not, um, you know. He's not front and center the way he has been in the past, or at least uh, has been blamed in the past for being sort of hands-on. So uh, I don't know if this is anything to do with Phil Jackson. Like, Phil is already doing his part to ruin the organization. I thought I thought at the beginning of this show that there could be a slight possibility, and you would know a lot better than I would, that killing two birds don't with one stone. Don't sell yourself short, man. Killing two birds <laughs> with one stone uh, with Pat Riley after being a little bit called out by Phil Jackson at the beginning of this year, and then mm-hmm. possibly even slighting LeBron James with a little bit of a payback of bringing Carmelo Anthony south here. What what, what do you think on that possibility? Wait, on, on Carmelo Anthony coming down here? Yeah. Pat Riley jumping on this uh, broken yes. situation here? Yes. <laughs> I think Pat's probably sitting back and laughing at all this and looking at you know his team that wasn't supposed to do anything and was you know worse than the league a little bit ago. Uh, on a 12-game win streak uh, because, you know, he's got a competent coach <laughs> and is a competent GM. I think he's looking back and laughing at this, uh, at what's going on. I don't think he's going to sort of pick from the remains of the Knicks because, I mean, their player personnel decisions have been disastrous. There's no reason to kind of copy them. Uh, how does this season end for New York, specifically with Phil Jackson and Carmelo Anthony? Um, I still am of the belief that Carmelo will get the heck out of Dodge. I don't think like he wants to be remembered as a guy who sort of ruined the Knicks. He'll sort of let Phil Jackson take the blame for that, and then he'll you know, go somewhere else, presumably uh, with a, a good team, and sort of uh, um, you know, free himself from this sort of stench. But um, you know, if he wants to be stubborn and stay put, and they don't offer him a good enough trade, or, he doesn't, or the team doesn't get a good enough trade offer for him, and he stays put, I think at the end, uh, Phil ends up opting out and says, okay, if, if he's going to stay, I can't build my team, a division that I have for, for this team, and so I'm going to head out to L.A. And that, So it's one of two options. Either Carmelo goes by the end of the season and still stays to, you know, to, to build that team, or Carmelo stays and Phil goes to L.A. next year. The commissioner was in attendance last night, and he was obviously front and center. Yeah. Silver was there, and he obviously had a nice front row seat and a great ticket to see Such what happened last night. Such a good coincidence. What uh, do you think we're going to hear from him today, and what do you think he's going to say? Have to, right? In terms of the Charles Oakley incident? Yeah. He's got to release uh-huh. a statement. He has to. I mean, the, the league has to say something. Now, I thought it was embarrassing and, frankly, out of line for the Knicks PR department to just say in oh, there. God, that came out quick, right? He gets some help. Oh, yeah. It was way too fast, frankly. Uh, for something to come out, okay. If it was going to, if there was going to be a mistake or something you regret in that release, it was going to be because you released that thing too soon. And the ending of that release sounded personal, and it was kind of problematic and insulting. Um, and so, yeah, I think the league is going to have to sort of find some balance here. But um, you know, they're probably going to say it's a regretful situation. But what are they going to say? Like they can't reprimand Charles Oakley. They can't reprimand the owner of the Knicks. Uh, you know, basically one of Adam Silver's bosses, so maybe they don't say anything at all and just kind of let the Knicks deal with this on their own. Israel Gutierrez is here with us. What do we make of what the Miami Heat are doing? That's a heck of a question, man. Like, <laughs> you know, watching them play, I'm like, all right. Uh, see, last year, I, I always thought, not last year, anyway, for the time that Toronto played James Johnson, I thought he was 
he had potential. I didn't realize that, you know, all he had to do was kind of get in shape and get an opportunity um, to be this kind of playmaking good. Um, they you know, essentially think, run the offense through him when he's in the game. It's crazy. And it, it's impressive um, because he is, you know, I used to compare him to Udonis Haslam in terms of a guy who, you know, it's kind of a league of confidence. And so a guy who had the confidence regardless of whether he's playing minutes or not and a tough SOB, like I always thought that's who James Johnson was. And he's proven to be that. Um, Goron, I had no idea he could play this well, this regularly, and shoot it from distance this well. Um, but, man, to be honest, like, other than <laughs> Deion Waiters is a, is a giant surprise. Other than just Spoh's ability to be able to convince the team or to get a team to play defense and, you know, solid offense, um, there really isn't any reason that I can think of that they should be on this type of streak or be this good. And so um, I guess it just kind of credit. A, the coaching, the coaching, and B, these guys' ability or willingness to just be really good because, you know, they're all sort of, you know, guys who, who need to prove themselves. Izzy, why at this point in time do I still have my disbelief that this is happening? <laughs> what have they done in the past to show us to believe anything otherwise? And at what point are we going to be fully convinced that this is the team we have and not just a group of guys that are playing the best ball that they've ever played? I mean, it's hard not to look at that right now and say, all right, you're getting more than you thought you would get. It's greater than the sum of the parts, et cetera. Um, so I think at this point you kind of have to believe that they can not necessarily keep this up, but they can do something. Like they can be some sort of a, uh, a problem for some team in the playoffs if they get there. Um, and if they keep playing like this, it's almost automatic. <laughs> They're going to get there. Um, so I'm not sure if – if you can like entirely buy in, because what does that really mean? In all likelihood, you're still talking about a first-round playoff loss. But I think you can buy into the idea that you've got some players that can be here long-term. And frankly, I think the biggest thing that comes out of it is uh, if you know if this continues for the rest of the season, it's just not good for coach yet. What are you leaning more towards derailing this process? Injury or just fatigue on guys stopping believing it in themselves? Um, I mean, I mean, you can't really predict. Either of those, you can't predict injury. I don't think that would necessarily be the case. But um, I just think if it stops, it's because maybe some guys are playing out of their minds and they kind of settle down a little bit and, the, you know, things even out, essentially. But um, I don't really see – it's not like they're winning with a gimmicky style. It's not like they're only winning when they bomb threes. They're finding different ways to go. You know, Goran could have a big game. Hassan could have a big game. Dion could have a big game. Um, so I don't know if there's anything, one thing in particular that could derail them other than just, you know, better competition. Now, today, of course, uh, February 9th, it is Chris Bosch Day. Okay. It is the exactly a year to the date that Bosch last played for the Heat. So today's the day that things can actually start happening with that salary. We've dubbed it Chris Bosch Day. Uh, what, do you, <laughs> what do you foresee happening there? Because I- I'll tell you, you go back a month ago when the Heat are terrible and I would not think that there's a single trade that a significant trade that should be made in the middle mm-hmm. of this season because hey, there's no reason to try and get better in the middle of this year. Okay, deal with all that stuff in the off season. But now I think there's the possibility that maybe you pivot and you say, hey, I can make a move before the trade deadline here. Not a short term move, not a move that's just going to help them make the postseason this year. But maybe adding a guy who's under contract for several years, you add a piece that you think. Uh, could help you in years to come. What do you make of that? Like, so you basically think that they would utilize Chris Bosch's, could utilize Chris Bosch's contract and pick up somebody else. So you're under the impression that some other team is still willing to take a chance on Chris. No, I think that once you clear that money 
and make cap space that you could absorb, uh, you know, a contract of another player if a team's trying to get rid of him? Um, Yeah, I don't think you do that this year because, I mean, what are you talking about elevating from? From, you know, a scrappy playoff team to a second-round playoff team? Um, I don't know who's available out there, who's just going to be able to absorb uh, into some space if you have it. Um, I think you're just smarter about this and play the longer-term deal and see what it's like in the offseason. Um, yeah, I don't think this season in particular, uh, A, really offers you much in terms of what you're going to get in season, or B, really elevates the franchise enough. Like, there's not going to be somebody there that can do that. I, it. You, you're better off probably playing this out, having that great storyline and saying, hey, look at this organization. Come, you know, come join us in the offseason because we can do great things. Are you, uh, do you happen to be working Warriors Thunder on Saturday? No, I'm actually working a much worse game, Spurs-Knicks on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> that is so much worse. Warriors-Thunder is so, so good on Saturday night. And the only reason I'm, I'm like not entirely unhappy about it is that it's going to be Saturday night in New York City, and I'll probably be hanging out with Tony Rivali and Pablo Torres feeling famous. Oh, well, that's a crew right there. <laughs> uh, a, little, a little Nobu? Like, what do we do? What do we do, Israel Gutierrez, Tony Rivali, and Pablo Torres? What do we do? Uh, I'm not going to lie. They're in charge, and I'm very excited about what that means. And what do we do? Like, is that bill split three ways? Who who makes the most money? Reality, right? I will. But here, this is what, who makes the most money. This is one of the few times where I will be the third person to reach for that check. There you go. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, have a safe trip there this weekend, then, man. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, man. All okay. right. See ya. That's Israel Gutierrez right there, ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.